What's up, everybody? Welcome to Diapers, Duct Tape, and Dollars. We are excited to be back with you guys. I know it's been a minute. It's been some crazy with holidays and stuff like that, but we're glad to be back on the grind, bringing you guys some information, father to father, or uh, just or anybody just excited to come and listen to us talk and ramble about family life and money. How are you doing today, Mavin? Hey, you know, it's been a good day, but it's been a long day. That Losing that hour of sleep really gets you. It always does. I had somebody tell me that they uh they prepared mentally, so they went and they set their uh their clock at ten o'clock an hour ahead, so that would technically be eleven, and they still almost didn't wake up in time. <laughs> you you <laughs> don't think an the... hour makes that much of a difference, but it really does. <laughs> it's pretty sad, actually. The only good thing out of it is I actually like the days like have light out longer. Especially someone like me who loves to just be outside with, in, in general, take the boys, let them go play, or I can do some woodworking, or uh, or just you know, go to the lake or something. You know, you have just have more time when you get off work. So I cannot complain about that part, but I do like to complain when I lose an hour of sleep. Yeah. Don't mess with my slumber. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's pretty bad, man. But anyways, well, we're so, we're so glad that you guys have tuned in with us on Diapers, Duct Taper Dollars, or D three for short. Um, we, if you missed last week, Matthew's going to do a little quick recap. Um, I say last week, it's more like last, <laughs> like last episode, so. but um, <laughs> last episode for real. So, if you missed that, we're going to do a recap real here, you know, really quickly. Um, but just thank you for tuning in. Uh, today's podcast is going to be a little interesting. We're actually going to do um, kind of like read an article that was an interview um, of a great investor that gave life lessons to his son and it's his son that's revealing these life lessons. I love it because as a family, as a family man, a dad, and the same thing with math and maybe you listening, or maybe you're just listening because you love the financial advice that we talk about or life, life in general that we talk about. Um, I've always wanted to basically teach my kids or teach my boys the importance of loving others, but also the importance of how to handle your finances. I think a lot of things can be destroyed based on your your upbringing and how you see other people work with money. I think I think we've talked about this a long time ago. There's a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and and Robert Kiyosaki does a great great portrayal of this. But um, you can really learn bad money habits, you know, number one from your own family and from other people that are close with you. So I've always wanted to help my kids, you know, learn those good money habits. And the other day we were out um, outside playing. And we have like this like playground yeah. slide thing, Mathen. And uh, the boys will climb up of it and they'll slide down. But it has like a little turntable. It's like a pirate ship. But anyways, my boys got it dirty. I mean, they left all their toys out there. They have PJ Masks on there, you know, Mickey Clubhouse toys and Paw Patrol toys. I mean, it's completely <laughs> surrounded on toys, like this whole little area. And um, so I'm trying to like barter with my kids. So you have to take in mind. So I have like a, I have a four-year-old and one that's almost two. And trying to barter with a four-year-old and a two-year-old is like <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. What what works logically for most adults, like if it was your mess, I could tell you, hey, if you pick this up, I'll reward you. I'll go buy your dinner or we'll go hang out. Let's go watch a game or you know something like that. Like it makes sense. I can barter with you. To a four-year-old and a two, and almost two-year-old, they're like trying to tell them, hey, I'll give you a dollar. It just doesn't register to them. They're like a dollar. Who cares about that? Like my son literally said, a dollar. I don't want that. Like. To us, monetary value is like, woo, 
excited. But to him, he's like, that's worthless. And I'm like, so what do I, what do I do? You know, what do I do to get him to pick up, pick up these toys without having to get onto him? Cause I didn't want to have to get onto him at that moment. And I was like, you know what? I'll say that I'll, I'll get you a toy from the store. He had no idea that I'm going to the Dollar Tree, which is the exact same value of a dollar. But to him, he pictured a toy. So I said, hey, if you pick this all up and you do a really good job and you do it within five minutes, I will go get you a toy or some candy. You know, to me, it's still under a dollar. And it's funny how quickly this, like, light changed in his head. And he's like, okay, daddy. <laughs> he starts picking up the toys, cleaning up the mess. Like, he's not like, not like a professional job, but he still starts picking up and cleaning it. All because the value of like, hey, my dad's going to get me a toy. My dad's going to get me a toy. Even though the whole time it's like, if not the same value of a dollar or maybe less than a dollar. But to him, you know, he saw the importance to him, what he thought was, which was a toy or candy. So it's funny how many of us, you know, kind of relates to life, how we see value in different things. Um, My wife will give me a hard time because she knows that I'll bring old furniture home all the time because I want to, you know, refurbish it, give it new life and then sell it. And um, I see value in that of people's junk, what they throw away. But uh, we'll be kind of talking about stuff today of how people see value in different ways and different things. But it's still valuable and it still equates to money and dollars. It's just, you know, uh, I understand you exactly what you mean, Mike. Trying to eat into like almost two, just like Maverick is, and trying to get her to clean up her mess. It's like, <laughs> what is that one thing I know will get her to be like, okay, I'll clean up. I'm going to get this as a reward. So I, I completely understand that part of life. It's, it's funny. It's trying to barter with a little kid is, is crazy. Anyways, <laughs> they think they're always right. But anyways, before we move on and go into actual today's podcast, we got some good stuff as we talk about, again, we're going over an interview about the information that dad left his son, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, Matthew's going to real quick recap what we talked about in our last episode, just in case you missed it, because we'd love for you to go back and check that out if you haven't. If you listen to it, great, you're caught up. It's awesome, and we're going to move on. But first, All right, we're gonna so last recap. time on our podcast, we talked about portfolios, and we looked at some of the top investors, and we looked at their portfolios, and we broke down some of their top um, holdings. Um, some of the people we looked at was um, Warren Buffett, you know, one of the richest investors in the world. Uh, Ray Dalio, who owns one of the largest head funds, head funds in the world, he's got masses of trillions of dollars in his uh, under his control. And then uh, Jack Vogel, the um, the owner and founder of Vanguard, which also owns like tw- trillions of dollars in its assets. So we took a yeah. look at their top holdings. We broke it down: what stocks are they holding? What ETFs are they holding? Gold. So honestly, like Micah said, it's really a good listen. And me and Mike, we kind of made these podcasts in, in a typical order that kind of build on top of each other. So if you haven't gone back and watched last week's or the other episodes, I highly recommend after this podcast going back, going back to the beginning if you haven't already, watch them because they really expound upon each other. So, Micah, what are we learning about today? Oh, yeah, so today, like I said a little bit earlier, I've kind of forluded to it. But we'll be talking about specific information that you can learn from a specific article that we found. But the kind of the idea behind it is that, that, our, that our actions speak loudest. And so a lot of things you never know when your child is watching or you never know what life lessons your kids are learning from you or other people that you have influence in are learning from the ways that you act and the ways that you do. And so we thought it was important to kind of break down um today's information about a son what he learned from his dad because it's so relevant because this is what i love about it as we get our lives together and as we do better 
um, with our finances and with our money management and with our budgeting, that isn't just affect us as we grow to in our future. It's also actually affecting our families and our kids because they're also learning better money habits in, in the long run because we've begun to change. And so they'll start picking up those things and those actions. And you'll probably have these interesting mottos that you'll tell yourself and your kids will pick up those mottos as we'll see when we break down this article in a minute because of the lifestyle and the actions that you are doing. Um, I, you know, like you hear this quite a bit in like the church atmosphere that your actions speak louder because it's your actions that actually show that, that what you are doing is true. Like you could tell somebody you're there for them or you love them, but if your actions show simplistically completely differently, then they're going to learn that you're just talk and not real. But when you're acted out and you go through it, your kids will learn from that. And so that's what I love about it. So that's what we're talking about today um, is really just those actions. So before we get to that, though, I wanted, I was kind of looking over some – some information, yep. Matthew. And um, as I was looking through some information, I was on the internet searching or whatever, and I came across this Bible scripture, and it's Proverbs thirteen six, and it's a really short one, but it actually is it kind of goes along in a sense what we're going to talk about. But it says, "A wise man thinks ahead, but a fool doesn't, and even brags wow. about it." And I was I was kind of thinking about it, and I was pondering. I was like, "That's that's really true, especially as a dad." or as anybody that's in a, in a situation where other people follow you or look up to you, because they'll see your, that you're planning by the way you act. And if you take your time to really be wise and to plan and to budget and to invest and to have a, let's say, a, a plan to the madness of investing and growing in your wealth, you, they'll, they'll see that that's over time the hard effort and, and worth that you put into it. Opposite of when you're just in it, to just to say some quick things and then you fall short because all it was was boastering and, and foolish, foolish errands and folly, you know, maybe every now and then they, there's a saying that says a blind squirrel finds a nut or every, you know, every now and then um, you might get lucky and you win, you win the lottery. I mean, that does happen. And you know, that that's super rare, but those things do happen. You can get lucky. Maybe you hang out with a bunch of your bros and you're just on and you win poker night and you take home a couple grand. Yeah, that's cool and fun. Uh-huh. But when you have a plan in place, you know, it take it does it does set precedent over somebody who's just foolishly bragging but has no merit to what they've been doing and can say things. But when you put action in plans, which we're gonna talk about today, you know, it just takes a lot. Yeah, and a I, lot I got farther. a butt in here, Mike, because this is so like relative to what's gone on in the stock market this past month or so. I mean, because things have been absolutely insane in the stock market. And I've had People yeah. at my work talk to me about it because they, they know me as the money man, the stock guy, the investor. So they, they're like, hey, hey, GameStop is going insane right now. Should I buy in or AMC or those other stocks that were shooting up, you know, to 400 percent within a couple of days? Yeah. And I'm just thinking, OK, you're 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 gambling here. And then what but what's your plan for the long term? Do you have a plan for your money? And it really it kind of goes with the other proverb, you know, I'm, and I'm not going to get this proverb word for word, but it's uh, where there's no plan that people perish. And I like to think, you know, it's the same for your money. If yeah. there's no plan for your money, you're going to your money's going to perish. It's it's gonna, you're going to lose it. It's not going to work for you. It's really going to hinder you. So I, I just what you were talking about, kind of I just had some flashbacks of what has happened the past few months. So I thought it was really relative to what was going on in the current state of the market. But anyways, continue. <laughs> No, dude, dude, that's been all over the place. And I mean, I understand because I was involved in some of that, but it's like, it's like people, everybody wants to hit, you know, those 20 to 30 to 100 to 1,000% <laughs> gains, you know, 
in the in the in the stock market or in investing in, in general, everybody wants to hit huge, and it's awesome and it's great and it does happen, you know. But for the most time, it takes planning and investing and putting that into place. So you you can get lucky every now and then, and it does happen. I've gotten fortunate to be a part of some things that went up, you know, skyrocketing. What they say to the moon, you know, what they say in chatters. But in all honesty, the best that I've done had a plan in place, and I kept to those. And we'll break we'll break down some of those in the in the portfolios, you know, in the future. But we need to get to to our, some of our information today, Matthew, and it's it's really really good. So. There was this article that came out, I think it was about a year ago in 2020, and it was written by a guy named Carl Kaufman, and it was it was basically an article or an interview of his dad, Richmond, on the on Forbes, and it was kind of an article titled "Investing from Dad." It was kind of like a I know it's not Father's Day, but I, while I was reading this article, it really connected with me and resonated with me. You know, his this son. Carl learned so much information from his dad, Richard, uh, so that he really broke down in detail, you know, of the information that he learned and the mottos that his dad would say help him later, you know, do really well in investing. And I would have to say that that's something that I would want my boys to pick up one day. It's like dad had this motto or this saying when it came to investments to do better not just for himself but generational so just to give you guys a background um so richard uh the information that they kind of give i did a little bit of a little bit of behind the scenes information for you guys so i'm reading this from the specific article just so you guys can get the actual detailed numbers before we actually kind of ad lib on some of the mottos but it says that richard kaufman as a poor boy growing up in the in brooklyn richard dreamed of one day becoming rich and thanks to his investing ideas, he was able to retire early as he grew his holdings into a multi-million dollar portfolio. Oh, that's, man, that's, that's pretty crazy awesome, right, Matthew? Numbers. I mean, who, who, who doesn't want to have a multi-million dollar portfolio? But anyways, uh, Richard had average, it says, a 20.93% annual return over the last 10 years. When you read that, Matthew, doesn't your mind just go like uh, Man, he, he, three? that's like the top elite right, right there. Making 20 plus percent a year is crazy numbers. Well, yeah, but like most investors, like when we talked like was two, we are talking about what people invested in index funds in the SP 500. And most people cannot beat the, you know, the, mar- the market, which is compared to like, let's say the SP 500, which you're good to get an eight to ten percent annual, you know, annual return if the market is doing good. But to get a twenty point nine three percent annual return is just insane. So that's that's based off or compared to the SP five hundred ten year average return of thirteen point eight eight percent. So they're comparing his twenty point nine percent annual return compared to the average um, of the SP five hundred, which at that point. Point eight eight percent, thirty one twenty twenty, which is I would take thirteen point eight percent math in like any day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Over over the over the long term with with compounding money, like letting money work for you, that's huge. I mean, most of your of your investments nowadays are from maybe five to eight percent, but thirteen point eight, I'll take that. But to get twenty point nine three, it's insane. But anyways, can. 
I think I believe it's part of their company uh, of Carl's and Richard's. It had that information listed, and it said all without paying anything to financial advisors. He he was able to make this money, so he didn't have any financial advisors. Um, he did all his own money management and hedge funds. Um, kind of he ran his own specific uh, money management, so he didn't rely on any specific in its entity or company. He basically used his own intellect, which I have to give him like a high five, clap, fist pump, because that's that takes a lot of. Um, knowledge and foresight to be able to do so much because you know you hear a lot of people who say hey when you get to a certain degree you need to hire a fiduciary or financial investor but to have the capability to to do that on your own is props you know i give him all the props there is but anyways he talks about his career accomplishments would have been enough for his wife and him to enjoy a comfortable retirement i'd probably say so especially if he had a multi-million dollar portfolio um and to, they enjoyed luxuries of lifestyle before hit before um, he finished his portfolio and passing away. So when, when we get to this article, it talks about our Carl, his son, uh, Carl Kaufman talks about at the, at the time of his death of his father, Richard, you know, his average return from the last 10 years, you know, had been that 20 plus percent at which he had more than tripled his net worth in retirement, which is insane. Kudos to him. And he iterates in the article his son does that he was not a professional trader, never worked on wall street or had any financial career experience. And then my question and the question that he actually says, Matthew is, so how did he do it? He, he must've just put all of his money it's... in random stocks and hope for the best. Right. <laughs> yeah. If only was that not a full folly. Now he, he, he did his homework and he, and he learned the best he could, you know, personally, but what I love about this article is probably it's probably why I decided to do a podcast on an article. Normally we, we just do insight on what we know, what we think, but it's good to really pull other information in, in different articles. And this one's from Forbes again. And what I love about it is it doesn't necessarily break down his portfolio. It doesn't tell you his specific investment in like the SP 500 or in the index funds or shares that he has in big companies, you know, like we did the other week with Warren Buffett and Coca-Cola or Microsoft, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't talk about that. You know what it talks about? It lists his, his, his mottos that he had and what he taught his son through. And that's huge because, yeah, it's great to know specific stocks to invest in. And it's great to know specific um, things that are growing in interest that you can invest in, like real estate and, and specific stock markets and bonds and, and different things. But it's those mottos, it's those actions, Matthew, that stand out and left for a legacy for his son to follow. And he's allowed him to do so well in investing. I mean, what do you think, Matthew, on all that? You know, is to me that that is huge. That's what I want for my I want my kids to understand the importance of mottos and lifestyle and not necessarily just the stocks that I talk about or the investments or the real estate that I talk about, but you know. It's I mean, the actions. Even just from these past few months, I've noticed that Eden's like a sponge. She'll pick up on anything and everything that I'm doing or saying. If dad does it, I want to do it. If dad says it, I want to say it. What dad's eating, I want to eat. And, yeah. it, it, and it continues. Even when you know kids are getting older, like they're going to pick up on your habits and what you do. And we've done the same learning from our mom and dad on what they do growing up. So I mean, to, to see your your parents modeling what it's like to be – successful in money management and money investing i mean that's that's awesome because it's no longer is the money that you make and invest 
just for your yourself and your your generation. Now you're creating multi generational wealth that's going to yeah. continue on as long as that concept is being passed on. And so it's really a, a continuous gift. And so it's incredible. Yeah, and I I think that's the reason a long time ago we even started to change our lives around and then to even do this podcast now was on the sole fact that it was never about us, but was about setting a better future for tomorrow and for our families and for you guys and your families. So that's what I love about it. And that's why I was so intrigued. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go over, there was more than these. So um, if you ever wanted just to look it up and go and look at all the specific models, it's, it's Forbes and it's the forefathers days. Here are the best investing lessons from my dad, by Carl Kaufman. Uh, it's he wrote it. It's all his information. We're just we're just reading it to you because it was so intriguing, um, and so I wanted to share those models with you just because I know there's so many articles out there and it's easy to overlook anything. And so this one uniquely we thought was very good information that we wanted to present it to you guys. And like I said, normally we talk about our own our own thoughts and our own precepts, but this one was too good not to share. But anyways, so his first motto, or his first motto that he shares. Every time I say that word motto, it reminds me of the old rap song. But anyways. Um, his first motto is this one, and you've probably heard lots of people say this one, or maybe we've even, me and Matt have even said this one, um, and, and it's an extent, not word for word. But his number one motto that he that uh, Carl talks about his dad saying, or Richard saying was, be informed and invest in what you know. I'll say that again. Be informed and invest in what you know. It kind of just goes along with the Proverbs we just talked about, about taking time to really understand what you're investing in and not just foolishly putting all your chips into one basket. Um, that's what, that's what cracks me up. It, he, they say in the article, after studying the financials and doing whatever market research, you know, that Richard could, he'd build a position in the stock slowly and accumulate more shares over the long term with small increments and buying instead of going all in right away. He'd wait to see if the reasons behind his interest in the stock market were correct. Oh, oh my goodness, it's so good. It's so good. So he would he would take his time after researching to see if the stock market or to see if that specific stock over the long haul was doing good. And he would buy in increments as it was correlating and doing what the research showed, not putting his chips all in one basket from an emotional response, but as an intellectual move, knowing that if the company is really true and good. It will go up over time instead of putting built kind of what you said about earlier, Matthew, building up in the hype and then maybe reaping consequences of a huge drop off. Um, what what do you have on that one, Matthew? And I, I, to me, that is it's good because that is how technically that's what I try to do when I invest. Are there times where I I think a stock's going to shoot up and I want to put more chips in the in the basket? Of course I do. Who doesn't want to try to make again the skyrocketing gains? But I do like an informed view of investing in what you know, but doing it yeah, yeah. So over time. I see three things that he's doing here with this, with the continually, you know, putting in and kind of waiting to see if the stock's actually doing what he thinks it's going to do. First off, he, he's not gambling here. He's not saying, hey, this thing's fixing to go to the moon and I'm going to make a thousand percent within the next month or the next yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a big money, big money. No, oh, no. Yeah. So he's being <laughs> smart here. And two, he's being patient. Because he's not expecting a gamble, he's being patient. He is yes, letting that's the stock do what the stock needs to do. 
All right, because you cannot force the stock. We don't have that kind of money to force a stock to go in any direction we want it to. So he's got to be patient here, making sure that one, the stock's going where he's wanting it to, and two, that he is continually putting that money in. And that goes with number three. He's being disciplined. He is, if he is continually putting money in, he's doing yes. it out of a consistent discipline to invest that money either monthly, quarterly, or annually. You know, and that goes back to number one. He's not just putting all of his money in with the hopes because hope isn't going to get you anywhere in the stock market. Okay. You can hope all you want to. I can, I can hope that ABC stock is going to go to a trillion dollars, but my hope is not going to get me anywhere. So anyways, continue. <laughs> Unless you have discovered what I have discovered, the ultimate stock rain dance. Please stop. So if you go outside and go, hey, please stop. You know, it goes up. You got to draw a dollar sign <laughs> on the ground and the cement with some I'm going to market that and sell that. <laughs> So that they'll, they'll be laughing stock to laugh me at it. Anyways, I couldn't resist being goofy. But I do like the part about him being patient because I don't know how many times really good stocks go up, but as we know, they also go down. And so instead of emotionally freaking out because he invested so much at one time, the stock could still be really, really good. The company could be really, really good. We'll talk about one of his other mottos and how he, how he would better understand if it was a good company. But because of that, he probably had a good opportunity to buy low, and then when it went back down, buy even more over time. So, I, I love it. That's pretty good information. And you were right on the count, Matthew, with those three those three points that he's doing. All right, there you go. Number two, his one of his second mottos that he lists in this article um, that Richard tells Carl is, "Don't fall in love with oh, a stock." <laughs> and I love what. I love what he says. He does like a follow-up quote with don't fall in love with the stock. He says, a stock doesn't know that you own it, so don't fall in love with it. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's poetic. But it's so true. I don't know how many times. I'm not even going to lie. When I first started off in investing years ago, and I've known people that you 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 get, let's say, I so I got lucky. So I invested in a stock, and it shoots up really high. So I'm thinking... Of course, it's just going to keep riding. So I'm in, I'm so in love with this stock. It's like when you're in love with a girl, you're trying to impress her. So you're throwing all this flashy money at you, <laughs> matter. And like, yeah, girl, throw it in the bag, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, that's how I'm treating this. You know, that's how you're treating the stock. You're like throwing all your money in it, hoping that it's just going to keep going all the way up, 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 up to the moon or to Mars. And then all of a sudden, you realize <laughs> that she don't love you back. <laughs> and it goes all the way down. <laughs> Boom, exploding. And she does not does not show that favor back. It's I, I actually love this one. I've never heard I've never heard at least anybody put it that way. But it's it's um, it's perfect. It says the stock doesn't know that you own it, so don't fall in love with it. It's perfect. I mean, it's it's if you think of it that way, you don't see stocks the same. At least in my opinion. I, I don't know what, if you, what, what do you think of that quote. That, that was spot on. But the way I like to look at my stocks when I look at my portfolio of what I've got. I like to see everything as they're my employees, all right? Which, which stocks or ETFs are making me money right now and which ones are kind of lacking? And then the ones that are kind of lacking, I'll keep an eye on for the next year or two. And if they're just not what I thought they were going to be, it's time to cut them. It's time to fire them. It's trying to, time to take that money and put it into another employee, aka a stock or ETF, that I think is going to do better than what I've got right now. But, man, the, the loving your stock thing has gotten me – Many a times when I first started off, man, I remember I invested into this crypto. It was like a dollar fifty, 
and it was supposed to have like a crypto drop and that's when you get more crypto for owning that crypto so and it was like going to be a three times drop so whatever you yeah. had they were going to give you three times more of it and man i was waiting for that thing to drop and it finally did and as soon as it happened that crypto value started dropping a dollar 30 dollar 20 under a dollar i was like okay no no it's gonna turn around any minute now no nope, 80 cents 70 cents and it finally made its way all the way down to 20 cents i was like okay i'm stupid i gotta get out <laughs> but I, and i'm glad i did because it all it went all the way down to like three cents but still i mean loving 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 a stock like that yeah it's like, like loving an abusive partner like it, it it's just bad it's bad <laughs> get out <laughs> uh, yeah i just want to be loved back so yeah <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That same, I think that same stock for or that same crypto for a while was like at pennies. It's kind of made its way up a little bit, but nowhere near the value back. Yeah, back we've learned our lesson. Was <laughs> a big thing. I remember that one. But learned yes, lessons have been learned. But it's just like I just want to, just want to be loved back. But anyways, you have to think of it that way. You can't get, you can't get so emotionally attached to them either. The stocks. It's easy when you have winners and you'll have losers. And a lot of times what you're going to do is you're going to love on your winners. You know, that's what you do. But you just can't be emotionally attached and can't fall in love. <laughs> you know, it makes me want to it makes me want to sing a, like a love song. And I will always love you. But except they don't instead of that, it's like, and I do not want you. You know, it's just bad. My voice is awful. Anyways, let's move on. It's too much. It's too much heartache. Too many um, heartless stocks out there. Why you gotta be so heartless? Anyways, so number three motto, and he he does a really good job on this one. And this one's this one still portrays with the stock market, but he says uh, Richard says this. He says dividends are your friends, and he goes on to say that dividends are steady paychecks from companies that you don't have to work for, and if and if they're qualified dividends are taxed at a lower rate than ordinary income. That's what's great. Richard used dividend payments to generate cash flow within his portfolio. And I love it because some investors, like I've talked to investors and, and they don't even know that the company that they're invested in does dividends. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about dividends. And you're going to be like, why? Wow, we're talking about it. Because our next week's podcast actually talks about in great detail about dividends and how dividends work and how you make money off of dividends. And so I don't want to take away the statistics and percentages of how dividends work from our next week's podcast, because I want you, if you want to know more about dividends, I want you to check out our next week's podcast. But I like what Richard says, because they are important. They're giving you money for holding a portion within their company. And he, with him having a multi-million dollar portfolio, those dividends would have been huge. No wonder it would, it would, you know, fluctuate into a generate cash flow for him to use and to reinvest and to move around within his portfolio. Um, what do you have to say? On I mean, I'll say most of what I've got for the next podcast, but I think just reiterating what you said, I mean, dividends are nice and really you're getting paid just to hold and have that patience just to hold and that stock. I mean, I love dividends. I love it when I get a dividend at the end of the month or every quarter or sometimes annually. I, I love to see it because it just, goes back into my yeah. account and makes me even more dividends. So it's really, in a way, a money-making machine. Yeah, and if you're if, – if, 
over time, obviously, when you get more and you're able to fluctuate more and it gets to the point where you have a generate cash flow from dividends, it's, it's perfect because it's like you're getting another passive – you could say a passive paycheck if the dividends are that much. You know, you'd have, It takes a good portfolio to get that much cash flow and dividends, but it's, it's perfect because that's still money coming back to you based off your holdings and your, and your, your earnings within that. Now, as we move on to the next motto, again, there's more models that we're talking about, but this is the fourth motto. And he, Richard says this. He says, earnings are opinion, cash – is a fact now let me say that again before i break it down he says earnings are an opinion cash is a fact now he's talking again these are based off um stock earnings and and what he's talking about is that revenue and earnings get all the attention which he's correct people always are looking for like on stock twist and different information um about the revenue that this company is earning or you know their earnings or they fluctuate i mean they do earning calls all the time now they let you as an investor, they let you know the report and how they expected how they did quarterly, you know. But the first place he'd look at company free cash flow. So he says that a lot of people they focus on revenue and earning calls or earnings and they pay attention to that. But the first place he'd look when analyzing an investment is the company's free cash flow. Where are they spending the money? Where's the money going? Um, and then also Earnings can be manipulated, he says, through creative accounting, but it requires some sleuthing, I love that word, to uncover where the company is hiding the truth. Now, you can tell right off the bat, this isn't somebody who's just picking any mini, mighty mo, catch a tiger by its toe and picking a stock and going with it. Or this isn't somebody who is maybe saw the stock pop up on a social media site or Googled top 10 stocks on the internet and then went with one of those or a portfolio junkies trying to sell you this top stock. I'm not saying that those don't hit every now and then, but you could tell if he's breaking down the cash flow and looking really involved with this is a. So the fact. Yeah, Mike, I mean, you hit her right on the head. I mean, and a good way to really learn more about, earnings is to really learn how to do, read a financial statement and that comes with some work but i mean there are a lot of good resources out there that you can look up if you really want to research a company's earnings i mean you can use yahoo finance or bloomberg or market watch and they really do break down the fact of what is the true earnings or what is the company's growth been like over not just the quarter but over the years so really good idea is to learn how to read a company's financial report so you can really understand their earnings. Yeah, it's so good. So again, if you want to read the, the whole thing, check it out. I gave you the information earlier. The four models that we talked about that we learned from Richard as we, is told from his son Carl, which is so good, was number one, be informed and invest in what you know. Two, don't fall in love with a stock. Three, dividends are your friends. And four, earnings are opinion, cash, is fact so look thank you so much guys for joining in and tuning into this week's podcast so here's my question for next week's are your pants getting too small <laughs> you're probably like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah th so we're yeah we're money we like to talk about money but the true question is how many of you guys you go out you maybe go to a chinese buffet mexican food you eat so much that the next thing you know 
your stomach starts to kind of hurt because there's pressure. So you do the old thing that, you know, a lot of us like to do. I like to do, you lean back, you pop that button, (laughs) take that belt loop just to give your stomach that extra inch to give it some comfort. You guys are laughing at me, but you guys know because so many of you guys probably do that now because it's easy. So next week, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to kind of look at an analogy of how like when you eat a lot of food or when you eat bad over time, let's be honest, we gain weight and we got to pop <laughs> that that buckle so that you guys can have a little bit of relief. But I want you to think like that in investing that that over time with interest and dividends and other things that gain up and add up to your portfolio you start to gain momentum or you start to see growth as what I'm talking about with your belly, but think of it as growth with your income that you're getting to the point where maybe you started off small and skinny, but now you're getting to the point where you see some real results. You're starting to pop that belt loop to kind of make some room for more growth. So check us next week on diapers, duct tape and dollars or D3 for short, as we actually talk about specific investing Um, As we break down dividends, real estate growth, crypto, and different ways to gain that specific interest with businesses and and values or diamond in the roughs to help you grow that nest egg that you've been working so hard on over the past several months or years. So check in next week as you check in with us. Thank you for tuning in with our podcast this week. Uh, We've had a little bit of technical difficulties this week, but we're so glad that you stuck through with us. Love you guys. Check us out next week, and we will see you guys later. Bye.